You know I'm right. The podcast that uncovers the origin stories of some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Nick Durst here along with my co-host Joe Calabrese. Joe, we're very excited for our guest today. I know you feel like you know him personally. You watched him so much over the summer. I did. I did. And uh, it's very nice as uh, self-proclaimed big brother super fans that we can have another uh, former contestant on big brother with us. So uh, without further ado, uh, he's pretty accomplished. Uh, we'll talk about uh, his hobbies and everything that he did while he was on the show and such a cool dude. Can't wait to get to know him. Bergenberger from season 23 of Big Brother. Christian, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank today? you. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. You totally just gassed me up right there, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you on here. So, well, you know, we'll just jump right into it. Obviously, you are from Connecticut. Where are you, uh, where are you living these days? Yep, I live in Connecticut, grew up in Connecticut. Um, I'm out, I'm in like northwest corner of Connecticut. There's really nothing to do here. All the time, I'll uh, I tell people the town that I'm from in Connecticut, and even people from Connecticut don't know the state or don't know the the town. So it's extremely very small. My graduating class was like under 200, so very small town. And that was two towns put together. So we had to make our own fun out here. So when you were younger, uh, did you play any sports? athletic were you involved yeah definitely um I grew up like I said we had to make our own fun so we always doing sports um whether it's not you know signed up with a team or just you get your friends together for a game of ultimate frisbee or something like that but I grew up playing team sports like baseball basketball um I played baseball until high school played that all uh all four years I did swim dive uh track and field um, indoor track, uh, snowboard wow. um, in the winter by myself. Um, usually I like doing team sports, but I'll do some things on my own. Uh, me and my friends will learn to do, do trampolines and we took cool videos of us like doing flips on the trampoline and then that got too <laughs> e easy. So we took it to the ground. So we really just uh, stayed active all the time. Like I said, there's nothing to do here. So we had to make our own fun with each other. Sounds, sounds pretty fun to me with all those uh, crazy activities, which is yeah. pretty awesome. So obviously in the winters, kind of brutal with the weather, I guess you, you, you kind of turn to the TV. What, uh, what kind of reality shows were you watching growing up? Yeah, growing up, I was actually, I, I really never watched Big Brother. This has become a recent, um, of course, before the show, but recent uh, show of mine that I started watching, but I was a huge Survivor fan. And what happened was, you know, Survivor's only a few times a year, Big Brother's much longer over the summer. So I realized the diff or the, the similarities between the two of them. I mean, there are similarities, but obviously one's on an island, one's locked in a house. So they're similar, but completely different. And uh, I, I became loving the show um, from my love for Survivor already. There you go. So what what was the, uh, the casting or audition process like for you? And how did you decide that you wanted to pursue going on the show? And then also, what was the time in between when you found out you were going to be on it and when you had to leave? Yeah, so um, I actually, I, I think a lot of people know this. I never applied to Big Brother ever. Um, I only applied to Survivor 
but you know, it's all under CBS and they are the casting director's job is to find the best fit for you. So, you know, that season that I applied for on survivor, although I did get pretty far in the casting process, that, that wasn't a good fit for me, but they keep your, your uh, audition on file. And so when it's time that, you know, where you do fit the cast, that's when they reach back out to you. So that's what happened in my case. I know there was a few um, uh, people that were hand selected this season. I believe Travis was one. I was one. And I think the other one was Christy, who obviously didn't make the show because of the COVID test. So um, I think the, the similar situation happened to me, Christy. And Travis, where we applied to something else, they reached back out and said, hey, are you interested? And we, you know, of course, you're going to say yes, you're interested. But um, I was also an alternate. And I think a lot of people know that as well. So you all found out I was on the show before I found out. I was in Sequester um, and I found out the fifth, I believe. I had this little calendar I wrote, but I found out the fifth that I was going on the show on the seventh. And I think at that point, the cast list has already been out for maybe two or three days. So I'm sitting in a hotel room like, damn, why did we set that? Home? I had no idea. And oh man, it was, it was definitely killing me, but uh, you know, my, I, I'm definitely a positive person. I keep my energy high. And so I flew to LA with the intention of getting on this show the whole time, even though I did, I was aware that I was an alternate. Yeah. I was going to ask you about sequester. So now we're going to get into the fun part where I start to ask you all the questions about uh, being on the show, right? Yeah. Uh, sequester, cabin fever right you're you're isolated from the rest of the world walk us through like that process and uh how do you how do you entertain yourself how do you keep yourself occupied and, and what do uh the showrunners and the producers and the network executives do to kind of help your uh your your experience there a little yeah. bit yeah okay so another another show i actually applied for was the circle before and so that's all about self-entertainment and uh that's something that i'm actually really good at so the sequester wasn't as bad for me as i heard it was for other people i'm very good at entertaining my, myself i um there were two uh full-size beds in the hotel room and so you know you're not sleeping on two you only use one so i took the other one i created this huge ass fort in my room so i had this, i had my bed i had a fort i had a workout area um you are allowed to watch movies so we uh you spend a lot of time watching movies but you know i also spent the majority of the time working out because i didn't want to go into the show and not be prepared physically so i myself spent a lot of time working out um watching movies, like I said, building a floor, a lot of time sleeping, really. Uh, I, I drew a little. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> There's not much. Did you read any books, yeah. magazines? Or, well, oh, yeah, we, there were, there were coloring right? books, some puzzles. Coloring um, books. Yeah, really, coloring books. That's about, I mean, they, they want to give you, I mean, they, they don't want you to be bored, but they, it is, in a way, kind of a test as well. It's like, can you can you survive these like five days of being isolated? Cause you're about to enter a house where you're about to experience that for much longer. So although they want you to have the best experience possible in sequester, it's also like, how are you going to handle this situation? Um, I felt like I handled it very well and uh, anything you need, they're ready. There's just a phone call where you just call up and they'll get you food, water. Um, so they're staff, just knocking at your door and being like, 
foods here where did you get to pick yeah, what you, you can't leave you can't leave so it's all about it's all the phone call away you got to call and wait for you know them to deliver what as you're looking for or answer any questions you have and you know yeah. they're the only human interaction that you interaction that you have so um you know they come down and i mean they have a job to do but you kind of steal them for five minutes just to interact with them just to interact with some human for a little bit of time but you can't leave you definitely can't leave your uh, hotel room. So we're going to now get to the show. Um, you lasted, I believe, 37 days. And even though you didn't make jury, which would absolutely irritate the hell out of me if I was on the show, it was pretty much one of the most impactful uh, stretches of just over a month we've seen in Big Brother history. I mean, you were a comp beast and multiple nicknames. Uh, but we're going to start at the beginning here. And I want to start with the wild card competition because uh, – you mentioned at the top you were more focused on being on Survivor than you were on Big Brother, right? So yeah. the whole expect the unexpected from Julie, right? So you start out with the wild card competition, and most people go into the Big Brother game thinking they're going to play an individual game. Right off the bat, you guys had to play in groups. Did that change your strategy at all? Did that irritate you? Because once again, it would definitely irritate me knowing I had to be put into groups of uh, strangers immediately. So... I don't know what was going on in my head, but I had the biggest gut feeling in the world that this was going to be a team season. I had absolutely no information that would have led me to believe that, but I had a few conversations before I left with my friends who watched the show. And I was like, what if, what if it's a team? They're like that doesn't happen. I was like, okay. What if it is? I don't know why I just had that feeling in the walking in, finding out it was team. I was like, all right, let's go. Because my original plan was throw some competitions to, uh, not, you know, paint a target on myself as being a physical threat. But then I had these conversations with my friends prior to going on the show. And I was like, if it's a team thing, you have to do well for your team. So it's okay to, you know, um, try your hardest and win these competitions. So once I found out it was team, I was like, it's go time. It's go time because now I don't have to hold back. Um, which really, I didn't have an option to hold back because even if I didn't win, even if I, I, I don't think that there's anything I could have done differently within the first one or two days that would have made Frenchie not target me. I think no matter what, I, I was going to be a target of his. And then it came to the wildcard comp. And thankfully that comp existed because if it didn't, I would have been the first one home. And, uh, you know, I guess I made the right decision to play that competition because it was a choice of the team. And I just went in there and I wasn't messing around. I, just, <laughs> I had to win for, my, for myself. But uh, unfortunately, that led to Alyssa going up instead of me, which I would have felt terrible if, uh, if, if she went home week one on her dream show because of, because of me. Thankfully, it didn't happen. But uh, I was prepared for the – I was definitely prepared for a team competition. And I can't even tell you why because it, it was just a gut feeling I had. Were you like, you know, and the one week or Frenchie's the head of household, I mean, it, it seemed really intense in there. He was very oh. paranoid. Were you like, wow, like, I, this is how this is going to be right off the bat and like preparing yourself for the rest of the season? Right. So the way he handled week one, we noticed, you know, he's going crazy. He's going he, too much is happening. It's week one. You don't know what to do. It's the first time anyone's experiencing this. So the Kings all said, we're like, you know what? We're going to give him his space where he's talking. He, it's like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. He's talking to all these other teams. We're like, you know what? We feel safe. We feel good. Because at that point, he promised X safety. 
Sarah Beth safety and Alyssa safety. I was the only one who didn't promise safety, but I had no reason to believe that he would come after me. So we're like, we feel good. We're going to leave him alone to not drive someone crazy. If you know the shit out of someone, they're going to more likely look at you as a target. So we're like, we're going to go to bed, leave him alone to clear his head. Well, we very, very quickly figured out the way Frenchie works is the last person to speak to him is what sticks in his head. So we ended up taking shifts. And this was every single night after Alyssa was nominated. We ended up taking shifts. You know, some people would go to sleep. Other people would wake up. We just needed to be, someone from the Kings needed to be around Frenchie in every single conversation. So that once the conversation ended, we can steer it or redirect it to not at us. And that's what works with Frenchie. It's really the last person to communicate with him. And we thankfully we found it out, uh, found out um, that part of him pretty quickly, but it definitely took a little bit because we had someone up on the block week one that was from our team, which obviously we didn't want. Yeah. It kind of showed that for the, the, the TV editor is always slightly different. Uh, yeah. I, I was always one of those people who used to watch their live feeds religiously. So uh, everything that you said about Frenchie, uh, I think yeah. America kind of would, would agree <laughs> with you. Everybody who, uh, who was always the last person in his ear was always the last decision that he ended up ultimately making. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned Alyssa. I wanted to ask you about Alyssa. Uh, in particular, what was the one moment or one interaction with her where you knew that connection between you two was a bit deeper, uh, more friendly, and, and a lot more fun than some of the other connections that you were sharing in the house with the others? Um, I mean, off the bat, I was just attracted to her. So I think that's, that's, yeah, she's pretty girl. It's like, <laughs> it's one thing where it's like, um, you put in the work when you want to kind of. So I was more interested in her. I was like, all right, this is, uh, of course, she was also part of my team um sb was also part of my team but uh i was more attracted to Alyssa, so it was just it's someone that i was forced to spend more time with and i think that being a have not week one really grew us together because we're both suffering together uh we're making slap together we're taking cold showers together we're sleeping in the have not room together and at that point it's like who else are you going to complain to except someone else that understands what you're going through and I don't want to hear X complain. X doesn't want to hear me complain. So I have Alyssa. I talk to her the most. And I think just right off the bat, week one, um, that connection was made just because of, you know, we're going through a similar situation. But, uh, you know, as time goes on, we just developed a really good friendship. And thankfully, I'm so glad we have that because she's the only person that I really, I would say, well, no, I communicate with her, Brittany. Her and Brittany really are the only people that communicate every single day every other person i would say it's like once a week twice a week it's about it but Brittany and Alyssa, uh, every single day and i'm so thankful for that so you mentioned being a have not obviously the food not great but for you you know when you went home were you kind of missing the fact that you could just walk upstairs and there's all this food that you could take and you, you want something you just go and talk into a camera and also how if people hear that you know you actually got to cook the food though People don't realize that. Yeah, we we had to cook all the food. A lot of people think that um, it's something like, I mean, I, I'm not sure, I've never been on, but I'm pretty sure the challenge, the way the challenge works is catered, they, get, they get chefs and 
obviously Survivor doesn't get chefs either, but <laughs> um, I think a lot of people assumed there was a cleaning service that came in and there were chefs that cooked for us. No, that's not the case at all. We never saw anyone for production the whole entire time. That's it. Like even when you're in the DR, it's all, it's all uh, two-way, one-way mirrors, two-way mirrors. So you can't, you can't see anyone even through glass. And so uh, in the house, yeah, we had a lot of options of food, but also, you know, I was have not twice. So twice out of my five weeks. So almost half the, half the time I wasn't able to experience that. Uh, and I'm a very routine person. So I actually eat the same thing every single day. It just, life is easy that way for me. I eat the same thing. I know what I'm putting in my body and it's just simple. So going home was just so nice because I went back to my routine and that's, I like to live my life as a very routine person as far as what I eat every day, same time, same type of food. So uh, leaving the house was actually a lot better for me for my diet because <laughs> I at least got to eat stuff I knew was good for me. So what was the one particular thing in the house that transpired where you think if it went differently, it would have been able to carry you further in the game. Now, remember, let's like I said, and like you said, you had to be a comp beast right from the get go for yeah. your safety purposes. And I think ultimately being so strong in competitions early in the game, ultimately put a target on your back that never really shrank. It, it just ended up continuing to grow. But uh, is there one moment in the house, maybe one particular conversation that you had or particular, you know, something regarding the vote or an interaction yeah. with somebody else where you feel like if this would have went the way that you wanted it to in your head, it would have been able to carry you at least into the jury house. Because like I said, if I, I go into the show and I go into the jury house, I would be so, I'm sorry. It would be, that, it would just drive me up a wall, but. People uh, don't understand. I try telling them how. At, from a from competitor it that just makes me so mad that I didn't make jury in in the fact that all I had to do was survive that one night and I would have been in the jury house I would have been fine that absolutely kills me and a lot of people are like you did great you were compies like I at least you have like you did make a mark like I didn't make jury that's embarrassing to me and that's one reason why it's like people are like would you go back yes I go back in a heartbeat just to make jury just to do that <laughs> That's literally all I want. And oh, that irritates me so much. But I actually have two moments that come to mind when you ask that question. Um, one is I, my entire life struggled to follow my gut. I never follow my gut. And that's something that has proven me wrong um, multiple times. And I said in the DR, I don't know how much, I, I can't remember if it aired or not, but I said in the DR, every single time they asked the question before I had power, what would you do as HOH? Who would you target? I said every single time, DX, DX, DX. I always want to take them out. And then once I had power, everyone convinced me that I was close with. Not it wasn't like DX convincing me. It was it was my alliance that I actually could trust. Really, just the kings that said you don't need to take that shot now. And I regret that so much. The other thing is the conversation if I was able to get Brittany up in the HOH room with Tiffany um, in order to flip my vote, I'm told that I'm told by Tiffany and Brittany and the votes that would have mattered. I'm told after the show that if I was able to get Brittany upstairs without big D and Aza following her, 
I would have flipped the votes that week and stayed, which also bugs me so much because it came down to getting Brittany upstairs in the HOH room. And I did not think enough because all I said was Brittany go upstairs. All I should have said was Brittany, help me make this food or something else. Literally anything else in the world would have got her up there alone. Instead. I thought it was obvious, like, Hey, I'm trying to fight to stay alive. I don't know why I have to like lie about what I'm doing at that point. It was just like, Hey, can we have a conversation? And then big D and Aza had to follow. And that's what, that's the one conversation that, uh, that ruined my chances, I think, because like I said, they told me straight up, if I got her up there, uh, the chances of you staying were extremely high. Cause I just feel like I really campaigned really well that week. And I was told, uh, I was told I did. And a lot of the arguments that came after mine were my arguments from a different voice. And that's what I realized. Uh, a lot of times people are like, all right, so this is what Christian told me. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it all made sense. It was all logical stuff, but it was just someone else saying it. Do you think in hindsight, you and Derek X should have worked together? And have you guys discussed that after the show? Yeah, we should have, but, um, it was it must day one or two and he had travis and i was like i'll never be travis <laughs> i was like i can fill those shoes so if you're not with me i mean i guess that doesn't mean you're against me but i took travis out i took his number one out and so it's like this game is hard to trust people and i don't think that he could trust me being someone that took out his number one and I don't think I could trust him being someone that, I mean, Frenchie said that he was saying all these things about me, which we found out later wasn't true. So Frenchie played it very smart as far as pinning us all against each other. And so we should have worked together, but we didn't have the trust. And that's the foundation of our relationship, you know, considering we met two days ago. Yeah. And the only way that things weren't going to play out the way they did is if you two worked together, because you were the only two that would have had any shot to just run past. So we'll say maybe uh, Joe, like you said, maybe these two, those two will be an all-stars together because uh, oh, they were really all-stars. early exits. I would yeah, say, Christian, if you were an all-stars, you're going to work with whoever whoever is from your season if you were, if you were in that scenario because you have the trust. One more, one more time. As I would assume if you went on all-stars, if there was somebody else from your season, automatically that's who you'd work with. Oh, yeah, because we already have a, a foundation of a relationship. Very true. Right. I, I would I would agree. Um, but, you know, that's that's the planning that you, you plan and then your strategy changes in two days. So right. you'd like to think that. Yeah. So question for you about, you know, walk us through how the house is and, you know, there's different parts of the set. Are they telling you like, hey, like don't go, we can't go over here. We're setting stuff up, you know, we're blocking things out, blocking things out. How do you, how are you guys avoiding seeing, you know, what the competitions are going to be? So you can't see out, um, the, there's a sliding, sliding door into the backyard and the sliding door closes from the inside. And then there's like a garage type door on the outside. And so you can't, it, it, there's no way of seeing it. You're, you're in the house, you're locked away. So you just can't see anything. Um, there's no way of even getting around that. So when the backyard's closed, they're building a competition and you just wait for, you know, the garage door to open and then it's time to compete. But uh, they don't, they don't have as much of an influence on where you go within the house because I mean, all the doors are open. 
except for the, the storage room, which um, the storage room in the DR where, you know, you have to have permission to go in. But uh, besides that, you have free reign in the house. No, good to explain that. Always wondered about that with the garage. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, for you, obviously, your life has changed since the show. So for you, you know, after you're getting home, how many followers did you gain on social media from the time you left to when you got home? I believe I left, and we're talking specifically like on Instagram, because that's a platform I use the most. Um, Before I left, I think I had like maybe like 3,000 followers. Uh, Right now I'm at 57,000, which is a big growth for sure. And, um, you know, Twitter went up. I think I'm at like 17,000 now. Uh, I had a good following on TikTok already. So that was at like 58,000. But um, yeah, Instagram was where all the, the, really the big growth was. Uh, The thing about social media now versus before is I would go on social media before going on the show and I would scroll through my, you know, uh, like feed to see what other people post. And that's how you're supposed to use social media. That's how you enjoy it. And now I go on to post, look at DMs and get off because it's no longer enjoyable anymore. Now it's, now I'm posting for my fans to stay in contact with me because I don't want to go ghost, but it's stressful being on there a lot. And then like going through DMs, it's, you know, see what partnerships or companies hit you up. And so the fact that I'm required to go on now uh, makes it a little less fun, but it's definitely my opinion on social media has changed uh, for sure since coming off the show, which it's unfortunate because I really did enjoy it before. Yeah, I think with your follower growth, you've reached that threshold that constitutes you being a, uh, an influencer now. And uh, I, I like the fact that you mentioned that companies reach out to you, people reach out to you. Uh, I wanted to specifically ask you how that growth has led you to other opportunities, because if you scroll through your Instagram feed, you see that you do some modeling and you do some you know, other appearances outside uh, you know, of the show. So how did those opportunities come out and did they come about just by having different people and different companies, you know, reach out to you and finding you um, through your experiences from being on Big Brother? Yeah. So in all honesty, I don't think that my number on followers um, actually led to any of really anything that I've done post season. And I'll explain more what, what the number actually leads to. But um, when it comes to my career, I, before leaving on the show, I already had a, a good team set up. So um, show or not, I still would have the photo shoots and the bookings that I have, because when it comes down to a legitimate acting or modeling career, it doesn't matter what your reach is. It matters how good you are. Um, I mean, unless you're, we're talking A-list celebrity, then, it, then if someone's going to be like, we want Brad Pitt in this Gucci commercial, sure, there may be someone else that's more qualified as a model, but when you're that big of a celebrity, that's when uh, it leads to those type of jobs, but I'm obviously not there. So they still want a quality candidate over someone with a good following at this point. Um, but really when it comes to followers, it, it comes down to stupid stuff. Uh, like your hair. Cause it's great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You gotta, you have to show me how to. Oh man. The curls, like that with the curls. 
they're a pain, they're a blessing and a curse. But um, when it comes to the numbers of followers you have, it comes down to, you know, benefits like you go to a restaurant or something and you're taking picture of your food and you tag the restaurant and they're like, don't worry about it. Or Ooh, I had to nice. go to, I went to a restaurant. Um, there was like, this happened twice recently, which I actually feel a little bad about because I didn't do anything to influence the way this uh, happened, but I, I went up um, and we couldn't make reservations and like, all right, it's going to take like an hour. I was like, okay, no problem. Put me on the list. And then someone behind me recognized me. So they started talking to me. It was right next to the hostess stand. And then they're like, I, I looked at the time. It was two minutes later. They said, your table's ready. And I was like, I don't know. They didn't say anything about um the hostess didn't mention anything about the show, but the waiter and waitress came down and said, we recognize you. And I was like, I'm sure that had something to do with it. Cause I was with Brittany at the time as well. So even if they didn't recognize me, they recognized Brittany. Um, and this happened again about like a week later. So it comes down, like the numbers really only come down to how you can benefit other people. Um, like I said, a restaurant, cause you post about the food that's benefiting them. Um, but when it comes to how it benefits me, like my focus is always on my acting career. It's always been on my acting career. So my followers will not influence my acting until I'm Brad Pitt is what I'm saying. Until I'm at the A-list celebrity where it's like, doesn't matter what you do, how good you are. We just want your face linked with our product because that sells. And I'm not that at that point yet, but uh, maybe one day. Listen, free food is not bad. Right. Free, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. But I did feel bad because there was a line of people behind me. I I think I would felt feel more bad if I was like, hey, you know, Christian from Big Brother here. Like I don't I don't pull that what, card. I really what was it like feel like the first time you were noticed back you know out of the house? What was that? First like? time I was noticed was in the airport. Um coming home from the show. I actually don't fly alone very often. So I was in the airport. I'm on the phone with my mom. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what the next step is. And then someone's like, Christian. I was like, all right, this person knows who I am. <laughs> Christian, I'll take care of you. I'll help you out. And then she just asked for a photo at the end. And that was it. So she helped me get to my, um, get to my plane on time. And I you know it was good. To, it was good. It was my first fan experience. So I enjoyed it myself. Yeah, you'll never, you'll never forget that. Who is the coolest person you have met or that has reached out to you that is a celebrity or a reality star for another ship? Um, I went to Hearts of Reality in Florida a few weeks ago. Um, well, actually, at this point, it's like a few months ago. Yeah, all and, the reality uh, stars are there. Yeah, there was a bunch of reality stars there. There's Survivor, Amazing Race, other Big Brother players. Um I'm a huge Survivor fan, so I think Sandra was a big one because she's like queen of Survivor. Um, she, uh, I met. Uh, no, I'd, I'd probably say Sandra's the 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 most exciting one. But um, as far as reality TV goes, um, I've had. No, I don't think I've had too many like big time celebrities reach out to me. But um, when it comes to reality TV. I don't get like starstruck. I mean, we're all just people that got right. a shot on TV being ourselves. Um, I'm more starstruck by like uh, singers, actors, because, you know, that's something that they take dedication and time out of their life to, you know, get that craft down. And that's something that I am envious of because I really want to get there myself. But 
yeah, Hearts of Reality was just overwhelming with reality TV stars because not because of who they are. It's because of everyone's personality. You get on a show because you have a big personality. So could you imagine it was like a hundred people with very big personalities coming together? It was, it was chaotic. It was hard to breathe, honestly. Yeah, I can imagine there. And there was a lot of uh, WWE wrestlers there as well. Yes, so, there were, there were. Big, big time event. So what, what would you say, what would you say is next for you? Obviously your long-term plan here is acting, but in the short term here, would you consider more reality TV? What, oh, are, you, yeah. what are you looking to do? Yeah. 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 A lot of people warn me against, and it's, we've had, I've had this conversation with my management team a lot. It's like reality TV or acting. Well, I mean, it's 2022 now and as more time goes on, it doesn't seem like there's as much of a separation as there used to be. I think before it used to be one or the other, but um, people are showing now that they can kind of go together. Mm-hmm. And I'd prefer not to be stuck in the reality TV box, but the biggest argument I have towards doing another reality TV show is I'm 23. I'm, I'm 23 years old. I am not in the position to turn down any opportunity in life at 23. Um, if I were older and I weren't as happy with the way that my uh, acting career is going, which I'm totally fine with the way it's going right now, then I think I would need to dial down and focus on one thing. But like I said, I'm 23 years old. I'm going to take every single opportunity that comes my way because I'm someone who I just like to experience things. So Survivor, I would, I mean, that's my dream. I love Survivor. That's that's the whole reason I'm on Big Brother. So Survivor is a yes. The Amazing Race is a yes. The challenge, I just feel like, would be the most fun time of my life. So that's an absolute yes. Um, really, well, every, any with the challenge now doing this, you know, international competition that's going to air on CBS. Uh, yeah, perhaps. yeah, that's a new show coming out. That that should be good to watch too. I'm excited to see that for sure. Yeah, Joe, I think Christian should follow our guy, The Business Formula, Reality Absolutely. TV. Real world challenge, pro wrestler. I can see Christian yeah, do some it all. Flips. That's insane. Then acting, and then back to reality TV. <laughs> I got to see what works for me. That's exactly all it. Right. I I can't put all my eggs in one basket. I'm gonna spread the wealth and see what I enjoy the most, what I'm the best at, and take it from there. And I'm just so blessed that at 23, I'm able to have these opportunities because it's definitely uh, unique for someone I think to have as many opportunities at this age to, to be able to even experience it and see what they like. You have to feel it out before you know what you want to do. And I'm 23. I don't know what I want to do really. I I say it's (laughs) acting, but who knows? Yeah. So you're only 23, but I do want to ask you, you know, what was your, you know, I'm right moment in life so far, or maybe something with your career. So what we mean by that is a time where, you know, you said, you know, I want to do something. I think this is, this is what I want to do. Maybe you're asking somebody for advice and they're like, Christian, sounds like a terrible idea. You don't want to do that. Yeah. And then you say, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. And ultimately you will see why it is that I'm right. Yeah. So I think it comes down to that, that specific moment for me was for, um, for during an audition. Um, I, spoke with another acting friend of mine before this audition and he helped put me in a state of mind that like opened up my imagination to 
I just knew I had the ability to be a good actor at that point because I never, there's this theory called like the Meisner theory. It's a training style for acting and it's very like, very involved as far as you live the character, you live their life, good or bad. I mean, you just got to live as that person and then you're able to act as that person more naturally. And so he kind of opened my eyes to that theory. And I, I started once every, before every character that I play in these auditions that I get or any bookings that I have, I live my life as that person. And the first time I ever did it, I really got into character. And then when I had my audition, it was extremely natural for me. And so once I was able to do that so quickly, cause I, I know a lot of people that struggle to get in that mindset and live as that person. I did it within like an hour of communicating with my friend for the first time trying it. And then I was completely different person for the day, hit the, hit the um, audition really well. And it, it felt so comfortable for me. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, I actually have more talent than I thought I did. And I think that this is the perfect career for me, not only because it was natural for me, but also because of how much I enjoyed it. So we're going to get ready to let you go. Thank you again for doing this with us. We really, really appreciate it. I have one last question for you. Yeah. And um, I, I really want to know, were you intimidated the first time you met Julie Chen? It wasn't like real. It, it wasn't <laughs> like, it almost wasn't. I, I, I've had this conversation with other people. It just wasn't <laughs> real. Like that was a, that was kind of like a starstruck moment, but also I didn't realize that this was really happening. So I was standing in front of her and it, it, it just seemed so like a hologram. Like it, it, <laughs> it, it, it was like too perfect, too good to be true. And then it was gone in a blink of an eye. Like the first time we met, I was on stage with her for maybe five minutes max. And then I'm gone. And then she's back on TV again. So it's like, okay. That was definitely fake. And then, and then she's real. And then she's back on TV. It's like, I can't even make up my mind of like when I actually saw her anymore, but she's absolutely stunning. Uh, beautiful person inside and out. But yeah, it just didn't seem real the first time I met her. So Christian, something that always annoys me when watching Big Brother mm -hmm. is when all of you go to vote somebody out and you all say the same thing. It's like, I don't know. Do they require you to, to compliment Julie on what she's wearing and how great she is? It bothers me so much. No, they don't require it, but it's always good to, uh, you know, be on the host good side, I think, especially in a game show where anything could happen. And she uh, definitely has some pull. So it's always good to be on, you know, be on their good side. How is it for you? You know, you guys, you, you guys walked in there with all, all these protocols. Once you get in the house, you're able to be free. And then once you're coming out, it's like, get that mask on right now. And then yeah. Julie's like, no hugs. But I don't know, would you even say, I wouldn't come out of there like pissed off that I lost and be like, I got to hug Julie. Like, I don't know why she's like, no hugs, no hugs. Yeah, right. She was very much like, stay back, stay back. I don't know. She had like bodyguards around her. <laughs> Definitely don't come near her. But the thing about going in the house at this time was really, really strange was that we thought, we thought finale was going to be with a crowd of people, we, we went to the house like, all right, COVID's going to get better by the time we get out three months from now. And one of the first things that I learned about the world when I came back was that when I got out 37 days later, COVID was significantly worse. And I was like, I was so angry because I was like, well, I'm not coming back for finale. I knew for a fact I wouldn't be back. Like being pre-jury, I was like, that's it. 
I'm done. I'm not coming back to the show for finale. And that made me so upset because I can't even talk about it. I, I, I want to be Jerry so bad, man. At I, least they let you speak on your virtual call. Frenchie just got the waves. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is very good point. They said that I, I, uh, I earned the right to speak on finale nights. So that was definitely good. Yep. One of America's favorites from uh, season 23. Christian, once again, thank you. We appreciate it. What we do here is we always give our guests the last word. So if there's anything else you would like to share or promote, you know, we know we, uh, you're looking to be an aspiring actor. You certainly have the looks, the athletic ability and the hair for it. So we wish you the, but if there's anything else you would like to share or promote, go ahead. All right. Awesome. So um, yeah, just follow me on all forms of social media. It's really just Christian Birkenberger on almost everything, but uh, I can't say too much. I'd I, I just want to say I'm always working on something. So if you want to see what that is, stay tuned because over time, I'm definitely going to drop some news that uh, one is, well, I got a few things coming, but one thing is definitely really unexpected, but uh, I can't really say. Expect the unexpected. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so just stay tuned and uh, follow me on everything because I definitely am always working on something. All right, Christian, really appreciate it. We're looking forward to watching you on the challenge soon. So that's going to do it here for this episode of You Do All Right for our very special guest, Christian Birkenberger, and for my co-host, Joe Calabrese. I am Nick Durst, and this has been You Know All Right.